0: the next episode of Lace Up and Listen. I'm your host Amelia Uphill aka The Uphill Runner and as a mum to one-year-old Max and aspiring marathon runner I'll be sharing insights about how to juggle mum duties while still finding time for running. Each week I'll bring you a conversation with a different inspiring expert guest to help you maximise your training whether you're a new mum returning to running postnatally or building up to running marathons and more. There'll be a new episode available every week to keep you company throughout your training or to relax with on a rest day. My guest for this episode is Paul Adicott. Paul has run almost 100 marathons and also paced over 90 events. We're going to be talking about how to plan your pace for your next race and how to recognise a good pacer. We also discuss why he loves the marathon distance so much. Hello, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. Um, Let's get started with asking how you first got interested in running.
1: Oh, so I've had a bit of a love-hate relationship when I was younger with running. I never actually um, did running for running's sake. Uh, I just took part in lots of different sports at school um, and didn't really consider myself a runner. And it was... In 2006, I ran my first event, which was a half marathon, and that's not normally the most traditional way of um, you know, training, going for an event, it was just because it seemed like a challenge that was nearby and I could go and do it. So I went, ran, and that was it. I, I did another one about six months later and improved my time, and then I went off to university and thought and nothing of it again until I finished university, and it was the Royal Park's Half Marathon 2009, where it was the turning point for me that I consider myself a runner. And the reason being is I went, I did that half marathon, so it was my third event, my third half, and, wow, that was hard. And it was a real wake-up call for my my general fitness, which I'd do beforehand just relied on. So I ran that half marathon, and it was actually – The fact that it was so difficult, that made me want to then start training. And it was after that that I I actually started running for running's sake and training. And and yeah, the rest is history, really. (laughs) I just started training lots, doing lots of 5Ks, 10Ks, building up speed, um, and, and started really enjoying it
0: and i know you've done in particularly recently loads of amazing different kind of challenges where you're really really pushing it further than most people would probably go with their running like instead of running one marathon <laughs> running 11 for example is there anything that you're still working towards that's on your bucket list that you think i still have, that's challenge that's a challenge that i still really want to tick off one day so
1: unfortunately i've got quite a um challenge centric sort of attitude towards things and i'm always looking for the next thing so i don't <laughs> think i'm ever going to be fully satisfied to be honest with you and i think that that's how i, I got into running to start with that the half marathon for me sound like a really big challenge mm. and the and more i do the more i want so yeah i'm happy to talk in a moment about the 11 and 11 but i've got so much i've i've one i think was probably the highest if i was to pick one would be Marathon de Saab. Uh-huh. And the reason being, I remember watching that, uh, there was a TV programme on it, oh, must be almost, well, must be over 20 years ago now. I remember sat in my bedroom um, watching a TV programme about it and I thought, wow, that's an amazing challenge. And, and ever since I've, even before I started running, I, I thought, oh, I'd like to do that. That looks like a good challenge. And now, my, you know, I've learned more about what there is out there, and I've got so many different events I would want to do, but that is one that that sits there that is a must for me. Um, I think the main thing is is the expense and the time away, which holds me back more than anything. I know it will be an absolutely awfully difficult experience to go through, but I kind of have a positive outlook. Where you know, if you set your mind to something, you can do it. It's about getting to the start line first, which is often often the difficult part.
0: Yeah. I mean, whoever said running was a free sport.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. It's, and, and, and that's the thing. The more you do, the more you want to get involved. And, and, and there is that risk. I, I do a lot of events and I know that if I don't do an event, it's okay. But it doesn't help, especially with the realms of social media. You, you always feel like you're missing out when you're not doing one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I felt like that recently with the London landmarks. Like everybody I could see on Instagram <laughs> seemed know. to be doing that. And I thought, Oh, maybe next year.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's, that's the way of social media because when an event happens, what you do is you see everyone who's taking part and, you know, you, you're not thinking about all those who aren't posting about it. So, and it is, you know, it is tough as well because you, you know, all you're doing is looking at all the stuff that you think, Oh, I wish I could have done that. And, And frankly we can't do them all I tell myself that all the time
0: (laughs) (laughs) um let's talk a little bit about this 11 in 11 challenge though because I mean I'm just in awe of it completely um can you explain a little bit what it is or what it was why you decided to go for it how you felt during it how you felt afterwards (laughs) maybe
1: (laughs) so it started off um as wanting to do 10 marathons in 10 days Mm -hmm. and um before this I'd once done two marathons in two days, um that was back in twenty seventeen and that was awful. Um and I think the main reason I was thinking along these lines, I'd always I say want a challenge. Um and with COVID and all the events getting cancelled all the time, I was feeling a little bit kind of at a loss and um wanting to fill that that void. And I hadn't done any pacing for ages. Um and usually I wouldn't take that sort of challenge because I couldn't do that and then not do um, and then do the pacing and actually risk um, failing at an event. So I've kind of not not gone that. So the timing has kind of worked out. Mm. And I signed up an event for ten in ten, then realised that the Richmond Marathon moved its event. Um, So it's a clash, and I wanted to do it, and so I turned it into eleven in (laughs) eleven. um and then before the event richmond um actually cancelled their event postponed it so um i then had to sign up for another one because i'd already told you I was doing 11 <laughs> um and my initial intention to be completely honest was to try to finish i had no idea how i'd feel after day 2 i thought well day 1 i can do day 2 probably going to feel awful um and you know the first goal goal a was finish all the marathons um and I decided to also raise money for the charity um because frankly, I never really can because people know I run everyone who knows me knows I do marathons all the time, so <laughs> when I you know ask for sponsorships, no one's going to- um you know donate, so I thought well, it's an opportunity doing something special to be able to raise money as well um so i um Got hold of cancer research and I raised during this uh, adventure just shy of 5,300, which I'm really, really happy about and far exceeded what I initially thought I would. But I I went into it. I will do um, 11 marathons. I decided to try as a, a stretch goal to do sub four. And what I did on the first event is pace myself rather than going off what I could and risk absolutely being agony the next day, I paced to do what I will usually do for a sub-4 marathon. So I came in around about 3.59.26. So I was really happy with that, first mm. one done. And then it was just about how long can I keep doing this? So the second day, I went up and I managed to do it within a second of the finish time. So I thought, wait there, a second let's see if I can keep this going for a bit and I am one to put pressure on myself uh it has been said before so my initial target of finishing all the marathons turned into all the marathons in sub four and then ended up me finishing all the marathons within six seconds of each other and at the end it was it was to the point that there was one time because it was within three seconds at one point and then I did it like two seconds too fast and I was like beating myself up over it. And then I realized, you know, I I need to put things in perspective here. (laughs) I enjoyed it. And I think it also helped because often with any challenge, whether you're doing your first 5K, half marathon, marathon, whatever you're doing, um, the psychological element is so much of the battle, which people take for granted. And actually I had to focus, you know, It was a lapped course, so each marathon was eight laps up and down the towpath. So it wasn't the most exciting in the world. But by doing this, I was able to break it down into chunks, Mm. make sure I was keeping myself in track. I also had – there was actually two courses which made it more difficult because one was about uh, 400 metres longer than the other. Um, So that means you adjust your pace accordingly. But I, I kind of learned that. I needed to be at these points at these times to make sure I'm on on target. And so that kept my mind focused and helped me um, not have to worry about that, that too much. And I kind of didn't think about how hard it was, although every day something else hurt. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I, there's a couple of days I woke up thinking, Oh my God, how am I going to get through the day? Um, But I did and, and I enjoyed it. And I think, that, that's what I'll say to anyone is don't be afraid of your challenges because you you know your body is so much more capable than you give it credit for, and the hardest hardest battle is actually getting to that start line first off.
0: you've talked a lot about um pacing it within did you say six seconds in total uh, yeah in the end, so how did you first get uh, involved in being a pacer or involved in learning how to pace such specific times in races?
1: So it's all about practice and, and experience, really. Um, I talk about the, the the event that got me into running, which was Royal Parks 2009. Mm. And back then, if I didn't be in an event, I was disappointed. I, I absolutely pushed my body to the limit every single event I did. And it wasn't healthy in the end how much I was pushing myself. I was getting injured. Um, and I was just pushing too hard too soon. And it was around about 2011 um, that I, I stopped enjoying it so much. And in 2012, I kind of lost lost a bit of the love of running. And um, I had been um, buying these tops from a brand called Extempo, uh, which were... Very unique at the time, which to qualify for a certain colour, you had to run a certain time. So that was my motivation to get a different colour top and, and so on. And they had started um, to organise pacing for some events. And it was in 2013 that I think I had a flyer in my bag about um, potentially pacing and I, I got, hold of, got hold of them and I had the opportunity to pace the 140 half marathon at royal parks um so bearing in mind um 4 years beforehand i had um absolutely killed myself um and got myself a, a sub 150 and fast forward um to 2013 i was the 140 pacer at the start line feeling mm. so much more confident and calm and it was about 15 um Minutes slower than what I would normally be running the, the half marathon for. So it was that very different ethos, um, and I absolutely loved it. That experience at the start line, and I, I'm, I'm naturally someone who likes talking to people and uh, building relationships. And I think that that start line, being there, you know, with a flag on my back, um, being able to help, talk to people, calm nerves, and, and I'd seen paces, it wasn't huge back then, but I'd ran with paces before, who hadn't spoken much, had, um, you know, probably delivered their times, I wouldn't know, because I didn't stick with them, because uh, I wasn't, I wasn't encouraged to do so, it was just all about, but don't get me wrong, there were lots of great paces out there, but at the time, I, I'd only seen people who had just set off their time, and that's it, and I thought, there's much more to this. and so. I spent the, the morning just trying to talk to people, you know, build that trust, talk about what I was going to do. And, and, and to be clear, this was the first time I'd done it. And, you know, I wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And I learned an awful lot. I think the main thing I was trying to do with pacing is get people to slow down at the beginning because we all get carried away
0: definitely i'm definitely guilty of that
1: and it doesn't help that our watches also sometimes especially in london or busy busy places take time to catch up gps i've run a fence with two watches on uh the same brand both the same technology and both tell me completely different times i've paced chicago marathon where the first five miles, um, if you look at my Strava, looks like I'm Spider-Man jumping over rid- rivers, over buildings, <laughs> and I'm minutes off. And so sometimes there's that trust in your trust in your patience. And I've, I've learned that over time. But the main thing is just hold back. You will mm-hmm. always feel at the beginning of a race like you're going too slow if you hold yourself back. But you'll be so surprised how many people can get a, a mile pb at the start of a thing um because all the adrenaline you know how you're feeling and if you just go and you get carried away with everyone else you can run so much faster without even realizing it and i've been so guilty of that you get a mile pb but what you learn very quickly is if you get a mile pb at the start of a marathon You are absolutely going to suffer later on and you'll slow down.
0: Mm. And
1: so it's so much better to ease in. And you know what? If you end up going slightly slower than you should do at at the beginning of a race, that'll be better. That's so much better than if you um, go too fast because you can ease into it and and carry on. So I learned that. and, And on the first event I paced, I also learned about what's important. And you need to trust the mile markers and... I always say to people, run to your watch and the mile marker, but run the fastest of whichever it, um, is telling you. Because what you don't want to be is that guy that finishes a half marathon on your watch in 13.1, um, but you're not at the 13 mile marker yet. Because that often will happen. You even if you run perfectly, you end up running further because you're zigzagging around people or GPS is wrong and you need to trust these mile markers, but also I've had mile markers that aren't correct. Even some of the bigger events, um, you know, they're never perfect. So always make sure you kind of make allowances for that. It's not as simple as just running perfect timing on your watch, because if you do that, you probably aren't going to finish on time. So for me as a pacer, when I'm trying to do the event, I take all that stress away from people. Yeah. And the idea is you have some fun you enjoy the race make sure you concentrate on your nutrition and your hydration and you don't have to worry about the pace and lark. if you can sort of have that engagement and it's not just me as well i try to to build a big group of people so i call it the fun bus (laughs) i say i'm just the driver actually at the beginning of a race if you look around you the chances are you're going to see dozens maybe even hundreds of people who are all aiming for the same target as you so Support each other as you go. Some of you might actually feel you want to push on. Some of you might want to drop off. But if you actually get into a group of support, you you are in it together and it becomes more social and you take a lot of that pressure off. And those little acts of encouragement can help that psychological element. And as I say, once you get to, to race day, that is so important and that can make the difference of you getting your target time. So I always say that, you know, I'm going to be leading the pace, so stick with me, don't worry about it. But actually, is everyone else around you. If you can support each other, you've got more chance of getting to that end. And I've had that before where I've seen people break off a little bit, some people push on at the end, and I see at the finish line. And people who've never known each other before that have actually supported each other to get to that line. And, you know, the pacer is just the guide. But the idea is it is... It can become very easy to pace yourself, but it takes practice. And on race day, don't worry about that. Actually, find a pacer. Double check with your watch that you're happy that they're going in your your pace because people have different strategies. I just like to run nice and even the whole way. Um, and I will take hills and water stations into account. So I'll slow up around a water station. I'll slow up around a hill because people often panic about wanting to run off um, and worry about getting water or, or so on because they don't want to lose time. Mm. But believe me, especially on a longer event, um, you know, stopping for five seconds to grab some water is nothing. You make that up within the mile, um, and it's much better to make sure you are comfortable, you've got your nutrition, you've got your uh, your water, because if you run past it, you're going to suffer later on. And by having people just running happily together. And not thinking about, you know, how difficult things are, you, you find you can keep going.
0: I love what you say there about you being there to take the pressure off um, people racing there so they can just rely, they can just follow you, they rely on you, they know that if they can stick with you, they'll get, they'll be w- likely to get their their time that they want. They can push off at the end if they want to, to try and go at that even maybe for that PB or something like that. Yeah. Do you ever feel nervous or, I don't know, when you were first starting out pacing, nervous that all those people are relying on you? What if you don't time it yeah. right?
1: <laughs> every single time, and I still <laughs> do. I've, um, I've paced 88 events now officially. Wow. Um, but I still am nervous every single time. It, it's never a given. And although I, I will absolutely um, be running in my comfort, what I try to do in a half marathon and marathon is I run at the pace that would be a good, solid training run for me. So if I was running my own half marathon now, I'd be wanting to run about 125. But I pace 140 or 145. With a marathon, um, I'm knocking on the door for a sub-three marathon. is what I want to do myself. I've not quite got there. And I pace four hours. I don't want to pace faster. I could pace three and a half and be absolutely fine, but I want it to be very comfortable. And that's what I find. I think we're all different. Some people try to pace a little bit too fast, you know, and I'm guilty. I've paced 130 before and that was at the time the fastest pace group. And I did think there was kudos in being the fastest pacer out there. Um, And there's not, there really isn't you know what, we're all different and everyone has, it's all relative, we all have our different target time. And I don't want to pace faster because I don't want to risk other people's events. And I don't want to pace slower necessarily. I have done and I enjoy it. It It's nice to meet other people. But when I start pacing slower, it becomes much harder as well. When I'm doing it, which is a nice, solid training pace for me, it's natural. I can run that pace all day long. And that's what you need. You need to be able to look at your pacer and think to yourself, you know, that that guy, that girl has got it. There's no problems there. What you don't want to do is look at them and see them struggling, which can happen. So doesn't make it easy, though, because <laughs> running a marathon, running a half marathon, every single time, it's hard work. Believe me, when it's a hot day, when you turn a corner and it's got a hill or it gets congested or, you know, all these different things. Um, I've run I've with colds and been and, and unwell. And, and it really is quite... You know, it's difficult every time. I obviously don't try sharing that when I'm running because <laughs> I want to make sure people are confident. But and that's also why I not only talk to people at the start, but also across social media. So people get get to know me that a little bit because I think if people are confident around the pace, so if people know what your plans are and have that that little bit of a report at the start, that will take that pressure off because no one's going to know, you know, no. You know, no one's naturally going straight away and trust that pacer. Um, and what I want to do is build that trust. And so mm. as I get to the mile markers, I tell people where we're at, where we should be. And especially for the first two or three, what you find is if you can be running past and say, we're supposed to be here at 9.08 and then it's 9.07. Um, and, you know, the next mile we can say, oh, well, I want to be here around um like 18, 18, and, and we're at 18, 16, sort of thing, people then have confidence of where you are and then can stop worrying about it. And I think that's really, really important because that takes the pressure off. And when someone's just running, to feel um, you, you realise actually you can keep going and, and actually your body does. And the difference is I've, I've run London Marathon a few times and a few years ago I had someone finish who said he's been running... For a sub four for about ten years, and he always struggles. He, he finds it hard, and he finished looking really fit, healthy, happy, and he's got a PB sub four, and he felt the best he ever had. And actually, that was from him running that little bit slower at the start, not worrying about it, and just keeping a nice steady pace. Mm. And I would say if, if everyone looks at their their Strava or their Garmin or whatever they use. um and you'll look at your splits. How often do you look at it? And they're erratic. You know, you you find that you start slowing down towards the end, or you have some miles that are minutes faster than others. The reason you, you slow down is because your body gets tired, and and that's what you're capable of. And so many people, and myself included, have fallen into that trap of trying to bank time, trying to, um, you know, think to yourself, well, I know I'm going to tie at the end, so I'm going to run an extra five minutes faster at the beginning because then I've got an extra five minutes I can slow down to. Well, if, if that works out, really it's because you're actually not being confident about what you can achieve because if you can run five minutes faster in the first half, you can probably run 10 minutes faster throughout the whole event. Um, what you need to do is just run evenly and give yourself the ability for a negative split to, to run faster at the end because you've got the energy. Because mm. if you stay below that lactic threshold, you will be able to keep going and finish feeling stronger and have motivation to do better even next time. Mm. Where people fall down is you run too fast, so you start slowing. And psychologically, as soon as you start slowing down you and you start believing yourself that you can't go faster, you will we will slow down your stop and it's very hard to recover from that because what I say is if you tell you, yourself you can or you say you can, you're probably right. Um, and so keep yourself evenly paced at the right pace and you will don't have to worry about that slowing down at the end because hopefully you avoid that and you will keep going.
0: You've mentioned there about people uh, going at the right pace for them. How can you, if you're training, and it's going to be, for example, your first ten k, your first half marathon, your first marathon? How can you figure out exactly what sort of pace you can go at, and what you can go, what your, what you, whether you could get a PB, or what your, what your race time could be?
1: Well, so if it, it, what I'll say is, if it's a first time doing it, it's always going to be a PB. (laughs) So unfortunately there is no magic answer that, you know there are some equations people can do so for example for a marathon they say you know double it and add 20 minutes or something to the end but we're all different and and what i'd say is you know in your in your running practice you need to slow down the longer you go so you know if you're running um a marathon probably doubling it and then adding 20 30 40 minutes is probably good, about right and always try practicing. Practice your long run, see how it feels. And it's very hard to kind of equate what it's going to feel like. So what I've, I've, I say is do a long run and don't worry about your about your pace so much. And then for the last couple of miles, try picking up the pace a little bit. Try running that a little bit faster and you get used to kind of what you can do. But, you know, if you're running a 5K in 30 minutes, um, then the reality is, you know, you, you're not going to be able to do a 10k in an hour. Or if you can, you probably could do the 5k a bit quicker. But if you do the 5k in 30 minutes and and that's hard and that's you pushing yourself, you know, double it and add on sort of 10% or, or so just to feel and think about what that pace is. So you go go to Google and just do a simple pace calculator and say how fast is that. So start running that. And when you're running a new distance, a longer distance, it should always feel easy. And what I would say is the first time you do it, that's where you know. If you finish an event and you're able to kick up and actually run a bit faster at the end and always try to have that little bit of a push, then you know next time that I can probably take a few minutes off, work out what that is. And, and you, you kind of get to learn. And, and that's where sometimes you get huge PBs because the first time you do it, you don't know. And next mm-hmm. time you've got that confidence and once you know you can do a distance, all of a sudden, you're not worried about finishing it. You're thinking, just have, I want to do it quicker. So get through your first time and finish it. Make sure you've got it done. And then, um but, but have that a guide and, and your guide is from your training, it's from your uh previous distances that you ran. And as I say, it's not perfect. I've known people who can run marathons almost the same pace as they can run their their 5k's because they they do that i'm not like that i i would normally run um the short distances much much faster although Mm. i find now that i haven't got the speed as much these days for the shorter distances so i'm struggling to run much further for the shorter distances but much faster sorry Mm. um but our bodies are all different and with your training you know especially when you if you go into ultra training and so on you'll find that you can keep going, but you're not going to go much faster. So it's just about working out what's right for you.
0: Definitely. I think everything with running, it's all kind of trial and error, isn't it? Figuring out what works for you, which events you prefer, whether you want to go for the shorter, um, speedier ones, maybe, or if you're more into endurance running or even, like you say, going for ultras. Um, trail racing, road racing, all those different things. It's about having a go at different things, I suppose, isn't it? I know you've run a lot of marathons, and you mentioned there that uh, perhaps, I don't know if marathon is your favourite distance, but uh, what advice would you give? I know you've spoken already about pacing a lot, but is there any other advice about marathon running in general that you'd give to someone who's training for their first marathon maybe or training for a marathon PB?
1: So, absolutely. So, marathon, I think, is my favourite, and I think it's that – my body's got used to enjoying that journey, especially pacing the marathon because you really get to know people. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the shorter the distance I go, the more you, you kind of feel you have to push yourself harder um, to go faster. And, and I, I don't enjoy that as much. Um And I've ran 75 marathons now, and that's 86 towards the 100 marathon club. And, and for the last few years, I've been wanting to, you know, join that 100 marathon club. So that's anything which is a marathon distance or more. And for the marathon, it just takes preparation. And that's from your training, make sure you've got your long runs in, your nutrition, get your preparation right for race day. Make sure you know the course, what's going to be out there and take away all those pressures. And when it comes to the actual running, pacing is so important. Don't go off too fast. If anything, with a marathon, go off slower because you've got an awful long way that you can make up. And if you stay in the comfort, like, think about your training runs and you try, you know, you, you keep going all day long. Now, once you've got the training right, if you can make it feel that way and you can just keep going and going and going, you'll find that actually you enjoy it more. But with the marathon, especially nutrition, hydration, don't fall into the mistake of leaving it too late. I've done that before. Back in Berlin, 2014, it was a hot day um, and I I wasn't used to running with water and cups. I didn't know the course. And although it was a fast course, um, I didn't like I was getting held up at the water stations. So I started running past and I started skipping them because I thought I'll keep going and I didn't want to lose those vital seconds. And it ended up with me getting dehydrated and I ended up slowing and almost to a stop. And that ruined um, that that attempt. I would say just make sure you know what's out there. So if it's going to be water and cups and you're not going to be able to do that, well, you you might want to carry a hydration vest. I would never carry a hydration vest for London Marathon, for example. Um, because I know that there's plenty of nutrition on the course. Whereas um, for Berlin, if I was running a PB, I probably would wear one. Um, mm. And by knowing what's out there and you're taking away any unfamiliar ground, you build that confidence. And then as you're running, just remember that confidence because there will be times in every event that you start doubting yourself. And that's natural. And you know sometimes you will slow down. But if you've done your training and you know where you're at, You know, some of it is just not giving up and and believing in yourself. And if you keep going um, and you you push on, you know, you can get through that boundary and and you can probably get through to your goal. But if you start down yourself and and you start slowing down, it's going to be very difficult to turn it back around. So have that confidence when you're out there.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely right to have confidence and just to feel like you're doing what you know you can do. and, And I like that idea of holding back to give a bit more at the end. Um, finally can I ask you what you enjoy the most about pacing is it seeing people going for those PBs is it is it the relationships that you build up is it a bit of everything
1: yeah so it's running with with people um especially that's why I love the marathon the most because you start off hopefully with lots of people and in some events it's not um And you get to encourage people along the way. You see people push on. You unfortunately see people fall off, but you pick other people along the way. But what's really great is sometimes you will have those few people that start with you and finish with you. And the best moment for me is when you cross that finish line. And often not with a lot of people because I always try to get everyone ahead of me at the end. Um, But when you've got some people at the end waiting for you uh, to tell you how they've done, that that smile that smile that says it all that they've, they've got their time and sometimes even when people don't meet their times but i've still had a great run and it makes it all so worthwhile it's just you know and it makes me enjoy running as well um, mm. because you know it doesn't have to be for me about getting my pbs every time i'm trying to build them back in again but i share hundreds and thousands of pbs every single year with other people and i I get so much more joy out of that than I do a run on my own.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for talking all about all those different things, especially the 11 in well, 11 challenge, me. the pacing, marathon advice. It's all really, I think it's all super useful and it's really interesting to hear um, from the pacer's perspective.
1: Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure.
0: Whether you're a new mum thinking about starting your postpartum exercise journey, or you're working your way through Couch to 5K, if you've got a new post-baby PB or you're listening along on a gentle jog, share your experiences using the hashtag #laceupandlisten to be in with a chance of featuring on next week's episode as our Lace Up and Listener of the Week. Maybe you've been inspired by Paul to enter an upcoming marathon. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. If you have suggestions for potential topics or future guests, then I'd love to hear from you too. You can contact me on Instagram at the uphill runner, or use the hashtag LaceUpAndListen. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. There'll be another episode available next week at the same time. If you can't wait that long, don't forget you can still download and listen to all the previous episodes, including from series one and two. Looking forward to running with you next time.